Welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're catching up with Oscar McCary from Olam Aid International. Now Oscar's a good friend of mine, I've heard him preach many a time. He's a great musician as well, he can really play the piano and uh, loves to get into uh, the presence of God and worship. Uh, and uh, it's good to have him in the studio with us today. Now you'll, you'll notice Oscar's got a very interesting accent, because uh, up until the age of 18, Oscar lived in five different countries. Uh, welcome to the program, Oscar. How are you, mate? Good morning. Shalom. It's good to be alive. Shalom, shalom. Good to see you. <laughs> now, uh, tell us, what is that accent and what's your family nationality background? Yep. As a combination of uh, Italian uh, background, mum and dad Italian, Sicilians, mm-hmm. uh, true Italians, <laughs> and uh, born in Argentina Okay. in the first three years of my life, uh, and then from there was the rest of the world. Okay, so what are the five nations you lived in up until 18? Okay, well, basically Sicily, uh, the Argentina, the place I was born. Then we went back to Italy, and then we went back to uh, Venezuela, Caracas. Mm-hmm. That's in South America, North South America. Lived, uh, went there twice, came back back and forth from Italy. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we went to Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, Germany, lived there for about three years in a place called Dusseldorf. Yeah. And we lived there for yeah, two, three years. And uh, at that stage, we just started in a band, a family band, with my father, my mother, my brother, myself. Yeah. And uh, we had a kind of a Santana feel. South really? American, Latin American uh, <laughs> band, which okay. was great fun as a family. And then from there, three years later, we went back to Italy. And then at the age of about, uh, just about 18 years old, mum and dad said, okay, children, wait. Do you think we should go and leave because things were getting a bit tough in, in Italy? And uh, myself and my brother decided to come to Australia. We had a choice, either Australia or Canada. Uh, Canada was too cold for us. And uh, <laughs> because we like hunting, we said, okay, Australia looks good because we've got a lot of rabbits. So that was the major decision to come to Australia <laughs> without knowing that already God had the path laid before us. Okay, so you found yourself in Australia at the age of 18 after living in all these different countries. Mm. And uh, I understand uh, you worked, uh, you, you came to the Lord at 33. Yes. So we'll get to that in a moment. But before mm. before that, you were, you were basically, uh, you, you just mentioned to me uh, before that you were really running away from God. You were a bit of a prodigal. Yeah. Um, what did you do for work in those years after you arrived in Australia? Well, basically, uh, music was a big part of my life. I mm-hmm. uh, love for music, and basically music as a family, as an individual, uh, took us all over the world, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of was a free passport to the nations. Okay. So wherever you go, you play music as a band, people welcomed you like a family. Yeah. So music has been a big part of my life, uh, and then with that, and on the side of that, we I used to do dental technician, okay. and I had a diploma in dental dentistry, work with dentists and clients. And with that, uh, also, uh, restaurants became a very, very big part of my life. That's uh, around the age of about 30, 28, 30. And uh, there have been a numbers of restaurants and cafes and coffee shops. And uh, you, lost you, count. And you've been a chef uh, in many different restaurants and you've owned many now. Mm-hmm. Um, what parts of Australia? Was it, was it Melbourne? We, Melbourne, yes. Yeah. Yes, we had a few restaurants in Melbourne and then we had about five in Noosa. Oh, Noosa. Beautiful. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us about uh, 33 years old. You've been you know, a prodigal running away from God. Uh, how did you come to know Jesus? Well, that's amazing. Um, uh, very quickly, at the age of 10, I was in Sicily, and one morning I wake up and I was looking myself in the mirror, and a voice within me, and I didn't know I was a cat little boy, you know, 
used to play the bells and all that kind of stuff like yeah. that. And I was with him. He said that I, I was a Jew, and that really shocked me because I didn't know what a Jew was. And then I told my mom, and my mom was horrified. I said, no, you're not a Jew. You're Sicilian, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, from that moment, and two years later, at the age of 12, it was a, a wonderful summer night, August, I remember. And I was walking uh, in the street about 10 o'clock at night, and uh, I had an overwhelming feeling within me. And I looked up in the sky, and I just said, God, if you're real, now show yourself to me. And that moment um, really changed my life. I felt the presence of God. I went on my knees. I was weeping and weeping uncontrollably. I could not stop. And it went on for a while, and I just was overwhelmed by God. I don't know, love upon me like I've never experienced it before. And I might add, the reason of that, I believe, is because I knew God in a way, as a God of judgment, mm. a God that if I did something wrong, it would hit me with a stick. So God had to deal with my heart, and he did that at the age of 12. Okay, so you had that early encounter with God as a, as a young man, and then really didn't follow him for many years. No, no. Uh, what happened when you were 33? Well, basically, I lived my own life. I mean, I had everything, you know, what the world says, success, yeah. uh, money, wealth, uh, yeah, uh, music, yep. girls, that kind of lifestyle, <laughs> and um, nothing was lacking but something, something inside me, uh, and kind of a, an emptiness mm. of something that was missing that I could not satisfy it with nothing that I could give, no money, nothing could satisfy that need, that emptiness, that void. There was, and it was becoming deeper and deeper, deeper, or as I was getting older. So I said, Lord, uh, what's happening? And then. Uh, at that age, uh, I gave my heart to Christ. I was in Cairns at Christmas, and there were a bunch of Christians that uh, uh, they were different. There was something different about them, and I asked a lot of questions, and mm. they gave me a lot of answers. And the answers were right. I was ripe for the moment. Okay, so did you start uh, getting into church, serving straight away? What was ministry life like for well, you? Well, within actually, uh, within about uh, six or 12 months, I got baptized in the spirit, baptized in water, and that experience really brought me to a new level mm -hmm. in relationship with God, and it really made a lot of difference in my life. Mm -hmm. And from there, then um, I started traveling around Australia, and uh, God to, uh, took me to Noosa mm -hmm. as I was traveling in Australia. And uh, at that moment, uh, well, life mm -hmm. started really, really, really change mm -hmm. in an amazing way. Now you've traveled uh, all across Australia, and you've preached, and you've you've ministered to people, uh, but more than uh, more than just preaching, you've had a heart to reach the poor. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you, if you hear of ministries like Global Care mm -hmm. Australia, uh, Oscar was one of the founding guys who was a part of that when it was all started. Uh, another ministry called Feed the Hungry with Lester Summer. Right. Uh, you, you're a big part of, of, of that organization. Um, tell us, uh, how important is it for us as Christians that we don't just preach the gospel and tell people to come to mm. church, everything, but we actually care for the poor and, and reach out to them? Amen. Look, this is extremely, extremely, it's actually the heart of God. It is paramount of a work of Christianity. You cannot call yourself a follower of Christ if you don't have that love towards the poor and the lost, both physically and spiritually. I mean, you cannot separate Christianity and feeding the hungry and the poor, the lost, orphans, the widows, and the refugee. From the beginning till the end of our word of God, from Genesis, when God speaks to, uh, when, when Cain, God speaks to Cain, said, what is your brother? And, and the answer is, uh, Lord, am I my brother's keeper? The word keeper in, in Hebrew said, yeah. uh, um, the one to look after, care, love, protect. Since the very beginning of the book of Genesis uh, to the end, we know 
the God heart as a passion for souls, mm. the poor, the lost, the orphans, the widows, and refugees. You cannot separate God, love, to humanity. That's mm. why we're here. I read a good quote the other day uh, from a pastor by the name of uh, Tim Keller. He asked this question of the local church. If you and your church were to disappear off the face of the earth tomorrow, would anyone in the unbelieving community around you notice you were gone? And if they did notice, would they say, we're really glad they're gone, or, gee, we're going to miss them? That's a good challenge to us, isn't it? That's awesome. It's so real. (laughs) At the end of the day, if the church is no longer there, would anybody miss us? Mm. And and that's the heart of God again. Mm. If we do not look after, and we've got to start. Uh, no, Jerusalem. Our mm. Jerusalem is now Brisbane. Yeah, you know, my love is for the world, but we got to start in Jerusalem. Mm. And and uh, and that is the mandate of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And if we don't have the heart towards the poor, we can ask God, the Holy Ghost, Ruach to give us a passion for the lost, mm. and God will st- immediately. Give it that heart, his heart mm. towards the lost. Now, I love uh, that you have been a part of these great ministries and uh, you've set up your own one, Ole Maid International, uh, which you've been a part of for many years. And I, I, I remember hearing you story, share a story recently that uh, you were in Africa and there was this incredible event that happened. Tell us about that. Well, we went actually in Liberia. We had a ship uh, of, from Feed the Hungry. Uh, we had about 800 tonne of medical aid and food. Uh, we, we delivered the food to the nation. And then we worked together with the Baptist Church. It had a big compound outside the city. And then uh, they organized an outreach crusade. And basically, we challenged the community. At, this, at that time, was about 92% radical Muslim. And said, look, if you have the sick and, and the lost Bring it over, and we will pray in the name of Jesus Christ. But we will give you an opportunity to pray in the name of Ahala. So the challenge was given. And with me was uh, my brother, Pastor Adam Zafir, ex-Muslim priest from Cairns. And uh, we were together. So uh, sorry, he's an ex-Muslim priest, priest who's now a Christian pastor. Amen. I wow. Of God has got six churches up at Cairns and Mariba. Wow. And wonderful man of God. God has used him mightily, radically saved, born again, and uh, now is preaching the gospel. Prophetic ministry. Brother. And you threw out a challenge, basically like Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Amen. We'll That's pray right. in the name of Jesus. You can pray in the name of Allah, and we'll see who gets healed, basically. And that was the story. Okay, so <laughs> what, what happened? Tell us what happened. Well, whatever next, uh, wow. Uh, well, I tell you, God moved. Obviously, they, they didn't pray for the sick, but there was a number of quite, uh, sick, specifically a young boy about 18 years old. He was lame and death, and uh, we prayed in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, and within seconds, the young man started to pronounce uh, Jesus. Jesus, 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 and then bolt out of his feet, start running around the compound, and the whole crowd, there was about a thousand Muslim there, uh, starting to shout in amaze and wonder how the God Jesus Christ has touched the boy, because they knew that the boy from where he was born. So they could not say, no, it's not, it's not real. Mm. But that boy really, uh, kind of a fight came upon the bill, uh, compound, and everybody got excited. And many, many Muslims got saved uh, that night, that night, and particularly a young man, uh, 19, his name was Serafini. And the long story short is that after five years, we heard that God uh, touched that young man so deeply that within five years, the young man has started 200 churches and five um, teaching Bible centers mm. out of one young man, 19 years old. Wow. Praise I just God. love hearing stories like that. You know, you guys were obedient to God. You went and did 
uh, what God had called you to do, and uh, and then the door opened. Now, Oscar, you've got your Bible open here, like, just like any good old preacher would, and uh, you've got some stuff you want to share with us today. Uh, we've got a few minutes before we wrap up. What, what do you want to share with us today? Well, basically is this, that we have a mandate, the body of Christ, Jesus Christ. It's not just mine or yours, man, but it's the body of Christ. Most people think or feel that you know, uh, it's the job of the preacher um, to, to feed the hungry and close the naked, or it's the evangelist's job to bring souls. But no, the, the mandate is very clear. Nobody has an excuse. If you love Jesus and you love him passionately, you are an evangelist. You know, you have the heart of God and you have the power of God. What else do you want? That's all we need. And basically what I'm saying to you is Matthew 25 you know, is a wonderful scripture that is totally burning within my heart. And it's basically when Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of Lords, is a time of judgment. And he basically challenges us, what are you going to do? When I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I was naked, when I was in prison or sick, what did you do, my brothers? And the church says, Lord, 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 when do we see you hungry? When do we see you thirsty? When do we see you naked? When do we see you sick and in prison? And Yeshua, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior said, when you did one of the least of my brethren, you did it to me. Family, it is all of our mandate. If you truly love Christ with all your heart, we must feed the hungry, the naked, the lost, the orphans, the widows, and refugees, both locally and at the end of the earth. Mm. And if you can only do this and nothing else, you have fulfilled your perfect will of God for your life. Mm. That's very good news, mate. And, and that Bible verse there is Matthew 25. Yes, verse uh, 31 to 45. 31 to 45. And what a great challenge to all of us. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, to reach the least of these. Uh, and, uh, mate, I know you've got a, a heart to pray for Israel. Uh, I know you've been there a number of times. You and I have talked recently about my recent trip to Israel. Amen. Um, would you just encourage our listeners, you know, uh, how can we pray for Israel? Uh, why is it important to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, as the Bible says? Well, the, the, the whole truth is this, that there's been misunderstanding from a body of Christ that uh, some part of a body of Christ believes that uh, God has finished with Israel, uh, but that is not the truth. If you are a true believer and a Bible believer that you study your Bible and you know your Bible, you know that God has not finished with Israel. And uh, Israel, uh, yes, has lost it many times, betrayed God many times, but the covenant that God given to Abraham, uh, it is very clear that the covenant is an everlasting covenant. And family, Mishpoha, brother and sister, God does not change his heart. God does not change his mind. Yes, Israel has betrayed God many times, but God's covenant is still relevant today. I mean, in the book of Romans, very clearly, Paul talks about it. You know, it is a, a secret. It is a mystery. He calls it a mystery. And what is the mystery? There are a number of mysteries and secrets that the Paul talks about. One is about the bride and Christ. There's a mystery there. The other one is about Israel. There is a secret, there is a mystery, and the mystery is this, the one new man, that the day will come when born-again Jews and born-again Gentiles will become one in Christ Jesus. The wall will fall down, and the wall will be broke down. And the mystery is this, that all Israel, yeah, for a season God has hardened the heart and blinded the eyes like scales, but then he said for the purpose that the gospel should be shared to the Gentiles to the end of the earth. Then... When that is done, then all Israel shall be saved. Mm. So that tells me very clear, God has not finished with Israel. But the one new man, born again Jews, 
and born again Gentiles would be one for the bride of Jesus Christ. And that is good news. Mm. And that's why we pray for Israel. That's why we believe uh, for revival to happen among the Jewish people and uh, and across the world. And among... it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. It is happening. Absolutely. Happening. Well, it's been such a blessing to have you joining us today, mate. And uh, we've been talking with Oscar McCary from Olam Aid International. Mate, I reckon you're a history maker. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Shalom. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.